0: This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards. If you're looking to unload your collection and maybe turn some of that old cardboard into cash, Greg Morris can help. Greg's always buying collections of vintage basketball, baseball, football, or hockey cards. If you have modern or ultra modern graded cards, he'll buy those as well. On top of all that, Greg takes cards on consignment. Go to gregmorriscards.com to sell them your cards, or you can email Joe at directly. What's up, everyone? This is episode 141 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, speaking of social media, some of you might have seen me tease today's episode over the course of the past week. Today's main segment is a topic I've been wanting to talk about on the pod for a long time. In fact, I made a thread about this on the Blowout Forums in November of 2019, so I've been thinking about this for two years. The topic is, what is the most iconic card for each one of the 30 NBA franchises? And because a lot of these are debatable, I knew I needed to bring another collector on to help me out, so I'm bringing back the show's official Uh, New England area correspondent Steve aka S Hallie 2003. We had a fun little chat as always, so you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, I want to give you a little update from last week. No, not about Jenny. Sorry. I have no clue where she crawled off to. Instead, I want to talk about the products that her and her little crew are going to be chasing. I kid you not, The moment I finished recording last week, where I gave some of the, you know, here are the dates and here are the products that we know so far, someone sent me another update to the release calendar. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the same thing happen this week, but I want to keep you guys updated for the time being. So here's what we know so far as of November 10th. Um, So November 24th, we're still going to see Chronicles. Um, November 26th, we've got Contenders Optic, which Uh, That's a new one for me. I assumed it was coming. I mentioned that, but I didn't have a date. And then say it ain't so. Somehow in all this mess, we got a full checklist for illusions. I mentioned last week, I was hoping, you know, it might be, uh, they might get rid of that one. Well, Cardboard Connection says it's coming November of 2021, which would be this month, but we don't know for sure when. Um, And then after that, we've got a couple more that we already knew. So Mosaic Hobby is still December 1st. Panini 1 and 1 is still December 8th. And then we get some new dates. So December 10th now we know is Mosaic Fast Break. December 15th is Flux. I mentioned we were getting Flux, but we didn't know a date then. And then January 26th is the new Prism Draft for um, the next product year, the current NBA year. Yes, I know that's confusing. Um, I don't know about you guys, but if I ever buy this stuff, which is rare, but I have bought a little of it in the past, it's because I couldn't find anything else at the moment or there weren't any new cards out for rookies. But at this point, I think I'll just wait it out for the pro stuff. I've waited long enough. Uh, Anyway, still no word on Immaculate or Flawless or any of the other high-end brands and certainly not 2021 Hoops. Um, I know I've joked in the past before that hoop sucks, but... You know what? I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, Now, like I said last week, I think Immaculate and Flawless are definitely going to happen. Who knows about the others? One other release I want to mention real quick, and that's really only for one card. Um, Thanks to Ryan Cracknell over at Beckett, we got a checklist for the 2021 Upper Deck Space Jam Legacy set. I think I mentioned this set all the way back in the start of the summer. And I talked about the potential for some cool autograph cards. You know, there were a number of players that worked um, with the movie. Well, you're going to get Don Cheadle instead. You're going to get the voice of uh, Yosemite Sam. You're going to get the voice of Sylvester and whoever. Uh, There was one NBA player that made the autograph checklist, though, and it's the one we would all want. You can get LeBron James autographs in this product. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of... 229,640 packs. So you're telling
1: me there's a chance.
0: No, seriously, those are the posted odds for LeBron. One in every 229,640 packs. Anyway... That last product I mentioned obviously isn't an NBA set, but we don't get a lot of LeBron autos, and I figured you'd get a kick out of that. Okay, this is normally the portion of the show where I talk about some of my recent mail. For the sake of time, I've moved that segment to my YouTube this week. I will say, though, the mailman brought me a Pacers RPA, an Optic Gold, and a small stack of Vintage Slabs. So as usual, I've got a lot to say about those. If that sounds like something that might interest you, make sure to check that out. My channel's pretty easy to find. Alright, before I move into today's conversation with Steve, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www com. Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the
1: Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby!
0: Okay, joining me today is a guy that really doesn't need an introduction at this point. Whether you call him Sholey or S. Howley or Boston Steve, uh, whatever you call him, you know him. So, Steve, how's it going? Going all right, Kyle. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm faring better than my Pacers right now. Um, I figure you've been tuning into your Celtics here early in the season.
1: Yeah, not been an enjoyable start to the season. We'll just leave it at that.
0: It's early, though. It's early, so hopefully... Um, Well, hopefully my team will recover. I don't care about the Celtics, but we are going to talk about both of those teams today, though, because they are in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to start a two-part series that discusses what we think is the most iconic card for each NBA franchise, and like I said, we're just going to do the Eastern Conference today. I felt like it would be too much to cover the whole league in one episode, um, I think it's only appropriate then to come up with a working definition of the word iconic before we get going. So when I first pitched this idea to you, um, you know, I, I kind of left it open for interpretation. How did you interpret the word iconic? So I got the Merriam-Webster definition
1: up and just ironically, it really outlines how I looked at it, Kyle. So just for for a laugh, iconic of relating to or having the characteristics of an icon uh, to a widely recognized and well-established. So that, that part is, I really looked at it, Kyle, as a card that is widely recognizable. If you say the name of a team or, you know, an iconic player from a team, an image pops into your head of that card. Um, and, and for some of these, I think they're cards that even are recognizable outside of even the hobby uh, because they're, they're that quote-unquote iconic. So I really looked at it from the, the concept of being, you know, A, recognizing an icon within a, a franchise, but then also something that's easily recognizable um, within our hobby and even outside of our hobby at times.
0: Okay. It's interesting that you say that because my, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, my definition is, is very similar to that. I, I use the acronym ROI, not to be confused with uh, return on investment, which we see a lot in the hobby. But uh, for me, the card has to be recognizable. That was the R. It has to be obtainable. So that, that doesn't necessarily mean cheap. It just means that there are enough copies to go around. I don't want to have any one-on-ones on here. A um, million dollar RPA number to 99, though, in theory, is obtainable, even though it's expensive. And then the last thing for me, the I, is that it has to be important. Or it has to be significant in some way. And there, there will be some overlap there, which, you know, as there should be. Now, there's not any sort of rule where every card on this list has to be a rookie. And and I say that because, at least it, with my list, you, you're going to see that it's dominated by rookies. So uh, And rookies have driven the market for years. So just keep that in mind. It doesn't have to be rookies. Probably when we finish this, though, a lot of it will be. Okay, so we have not discussed our selections ahead of time. I feel like we need to establish that. I sent Steve a table in a Word doc, and I told him, I said, have at it. So there's a chance that every card that we picked is the same. Um, Steve, I think you'll agree with me. I I don't anticipate that happening, but um, it should be a fun little exercise either way. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to give a little bit of background before each team, and then we'll talk about the selection. So um, the Hawks started as the Tri-City Hawks, but um, they didn't have any cards, so there's nothing in 48 Bowman for us to consider And then the Hawks have been in Milwaukee. They've been in St. Louis. um, And then they've been in Atlanta starting in 1968. So they didn't start in Atlanta. Um, So I'm going to start. I'm just going to give my pick first and not the rationale. I'm going to give my pick. I'll let you give your pick. But for the Atlanta Hawks, I chose the 1970-71 Tops Pete Maravich rookie. What would you
1: choose, Steve? You know, it's interesting, Kyle. I went back and forth on on several cards for the Hawks. I actually thought they had several important cards and a lot of the really important sets over the years. But I actually, I, debatable if we can call it a Hawks card because they couldn't recognize the Hawks name or logo on that card. But I went with the Maravich rookie as well.
0: I think we both struggled with this just based off of what you just said. Um, Because when I think of the best Hawk of all time, Mm -hmm. it's Bob Pettit. But Mm -hmm. if I ask uh, 10 hobby people, first off who Bob Pettit is, uh, or secondly, what Bob Pettit's rookie card looks like, maybe two out of 10. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm underselling the hobby here. I don't want to do that, but maybe, you know, probably less than half would be able to recognize that card. Um, and I know you're doing the 57 set. So you, yep. you probably struggled with that as well. What what was your thinking there? I went with, I looked at 57
1: tops Who's Pettit obviously is the first name that comes to my mind. Um, more so from some of the autograph sets that he's in. Now, Not that I would call any of those the most iconic, but, but Pettit is just a name that resonates with me as a hawk. And then obviously growing up, I, I thought Dominique, you know, the human highlight mm-hmm. film. Um, his 86 flare card, I think a lot of people would recognize it. It's that close-up of him taking a free throw. Kind of a real artistic take on, on a card for back in the 80s. But in the end, uh, especially with where the hobby has been, Pistol Peaches covers so many generations um, that, that specific 70, 71's top set. So I also, I, I guess I should have said this up front. I also considered the sets as far as iconic because, you know, representative not only to the player, the team, but also the set. Um, so I could have, I, you, depending on the day, you could have talked me into the Wilkins cause you've got 86 flair. And like I said, a very recognizable figure, um, probably the most, um, the, the player that maybe was most associated with the Hawk, not the best, not the most accomplished, right. but, just people think Hawks, they picture, you know, Neek flying through the air, so, but in the end, the set, Pistol Pete, you know, going across multiple generations, his college career brings in a, a whole new set of collectors that would recognize the card,
0: um, I settled on the pistol. What kills me about the Wilkins is is the picture, um, and, and now you can still have an iconic card with a bad picture, but if they had Spud Webb dunking, they had his eighty six was the dunk contest yep. for Spud yep. Webb, and then Dominique's is not. I just I never understood that, but okay. So anyway, we we have consensus there. It is the Maravich rookie. All right. Uh, the next team that we're going to cover is a team that you know very well. It's one of the, the league's original eight teams, and it's the Boston Celtics. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and start off. Tell me, uh, just give me your pick first off. Nineteen
1: eighty top scoring leader Bird Irving. Magic Johnson.
0: Okay, so I I struggled with this. There are so many Celtics cards to choose from. Um, I went with the fifty-seven, fifty-eight Bill Russell rookie, and um, just the fact that, and this is a tough choice. The fact that uh, he was on that card by himself for me was a big deal. Mm. Uh, but I want to know what what was your rationale for the the Bird Magic Irving, which I think is a, a perfectly justifiable choice. I think there's some. There could be some location bias to this. The Bird Rookie is a card that if
1: I were to walk down the hallway of my high school and tell people that don't even know anything about cards, maybe they had some when they were kids, you know, what basketball card do they think of? One of the top two they're going to come up with is that Bird Rookie. And I I think that card resonates throughout the hobby as well. You know, it has three Hall of Famers. It's the rookie card for two of the greatest players ever. It's unique in that it's got the perforated design. It just, to me, it resonates with a larger, a larger group of collectors and people outside of the hobby. And it also, when you talk about importance, like I said, it has that, that rookie card of two of the all-time greats that really re- helped to redefine the NBA. So you're talking about two players that were very significant to the, to the league and their rookie cards. So for multiple reasons, that one won over many of the cards of the other great players that have played for the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think in a way Bird and Magic are inseparable, but it was the, the fact that they were together on there is what kind of drew me to, to move away from that card. Um, ironically enough, I, you know, I think it's probably one of the top five most important basketball cards, and I don't think it's going to make its way on my list here. That's a spoiler alert, which feels strange for it to be such an important card, and then yet it's not on this list, but uh, maybe that will make more sense as we go along. All right, uh, so let's move into the Brooklyn Nets. They're the now the Brooklyn Nets. Some of you might not know that this team originated in the ABA. They were the New Jersey Americans for a short time in the late 60s, but they didn't have any mainstream cards then because they weren't making ABA cards that, at that point. Uh, they changed to the New York Nets for about a decade. They were, the, of course, the New Jersey Nets for about 35 years, and then now they're the Brooklyn Nets. So just know that their card choices encompass all of those Iterations. This was a team that kind of surprised me when I, you know, there when I'm like, surely there is one Nets card that sticks out above the rest. I ended up going with a, a guy that is not really remembered first and foremost as a net, but I chose the seventy one, seventy two tops Rick Barry rookie.
1: Would you choose, Steve? That's interesting. Um,
0: yeah, I was hoping you were going to
1: educate me on this one because I, I, this was one of the teams I spent the longest time going back and forth with, and. I ended up landing on the two thousand eight two thousand nine tops Chrome number one ninety, the Brook Lopez rookie.
0: Wow. Okay, you got to give me more information on that. And I, and I, I get it, but tell me, run me through your thought process.
1: So, uh, I, w- I was all over the place with this one. Um, you know, I was looking at, you know, the Kevin Durant cards with his melancholy look on the face, and I. But <laughs> I honestly, I was looking at seventy four the top the seventy four tops ABA Irving. You know, All Star card, which is one that resonates with me. Um, I went down the Keith Van Horn rabbit hole because collectors that weren't collecting in the late '90s, he inundated the hobby, and his flare Ultra mm-hmm. stuff was all over the place. And then Brook Lopez is one of the greatest Nets of all time. If you look at where he stands in team statistics, um, and that two thousand eight, two thousand nine tops Chrome set again. I put some emphasis on the sets. Is is one of the most aesthetically pleasing sets and I think one of the most sought after sets um, in hobby history. And it's a it's a real, you talked about, when you talked about ruling out the Wilkins, I think the final thing that pushed it over the top for me was if I were to show, you know, most collectors show that cards. a real, it's an action shot of, of Brooke driving to the hoop uh, the cameras behind the backboard. Many, many collectors maybe couldn't instantly identify it from the top of their head, but once I showed it to them, they would they would know the card and, and they would they would have something to say about it. So similar to you, I was like, there has to be one that just resonates. in there, there were several cards that I, I thought were really important, but none that stood out until I, I came across that that Lopez rookie.
0: Yeah, I actually had the Durant pictures written down to as a joke just because yeah, it I is something that we'll <laughs> <laughs> iconic for the wrong reasons um, no. another card that i considered but i i just couldn't do it was the 78 79 tops bernard king rookie
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just i just bernard king is as a nick yeah. to me and, yep. and he and if he's not a nick he's a bullet He's certainly not a net so but it's like you know what that's an important card I mean in the same way you know I don't I don't know if Merovich is a hawk to me but that that's a much more recognizable card I couldn't even think off the top of my head I, what does the king you know rookie look like and I had to go back and, and kind of search for it It's just not one that gets a lot of attention.
1: Well, those late '70s sets are not all that collectible either. They're not sets that are sought after, so people wouldn't even. A lot of people wouldn't even know what that design looks like.
0: Yeah, not not a set that I've ever really collected or really no. favored in any way. Um, okay, so the next franchise that we're going to talk about is a little tricky here. It's the Charlotte Hornets. The team was founded in 1988. They moved to New Orleans in 2002. Charlotte was awarded the Bobcats in 2004. Um, Those Bobcats eventually became the Hornets again, so there's always this question of whose history is whose. I'm going to consider the Charlotte franchise to be the Hornets up until 2002, and then the Bobcats since then. Um, So for, for the way I classified these, and maybe you did it a little different here, that means all Chris Paul rookies and Anthony Davis rookies are New Orleans cards. So who did you have as your Hornets selection?
1: So I, you had sent me the notes in advance, so I followed those, which did make things um, more challenging. Because I think some of the stuff that you just hit on could have fallen into where I would have put some of the Hornets. So in the end, I really struggled with this one as well. I ended up going with the ninety one, ninety two, and I you could pick the pick the whether it be the flare or upper deck, Larry Johnson. Um, and I, I really hesitated with that, but I'll, I'll let you kind of give your take, and then we'll discuss it.
0: I Yeah, I'm proud of you because I know you're a big Alonzo Morning guy. Um, I chose the the 91 upper deck, Larry Johnson. Yep. To me, that shot of him at the draft yep. kind of crouched over. Just a, a, a very important card in the hobby, and, and people don't always treat it that way. They think just because you can find it in a quarter box or a dollar box or whatever, that's not important. But um, at the time, that was... A very important card
1: yeah people that maybe weren't engaged with the hobby back then you know you had the david robinson rookie and then a few years later you had the larry johnson rookie and those really i think started the real trend away from baseball into the basketball um, space as far as collecting and were so significant to moving the needle and then i think you know as you talk the upper deck brand and those early upper deck cards being quote-unquote premium cards probably does Put the upper deck above the flare, but that flare with the blue side piece to it—that was that was a set that was everywhere, and I think a lot of people would picture that set. But but it, it, you know we're splitting hairs there. I, I think we're we're in agreement that ninety one ninety two Grandmama takes the cake.
0: Yeah, and those cards really built up the momentum for Shack. Um, mm-hmm. So Shack alone can't take all the credit. And I and I don't know if there's a perfect parallel for that in in more modern collecting history. I would say maybe like Andrew Wiggins and. Ben Simmons when, and Carl Anthony Towns when it came to Prism, um, yeah. those kind of developed a lot of momentum for what we started to see in 2017, but really saw in 2018. And then, of course, Zion was a big deal. Okay, so we're, we're in agreement there. Uh, not a lot more to cover. There wasn't a lot of, of other cards that I even considered. In fact, I can't think of any after I took out the Chris Paul um, and some of that other stuff. There's not no Baron Davis cards that really stood out to me. <laughs> that leaves us with the Chicago Bulls. And this one's probably pretty obvious here, but the Bulls started in Chicago in 1966 Um, They're the third different NBA squad to call Chicago home, but they aren't affiliated with the other two. So it's just that one Bulls franchise. My pick, no surprise here, is the 86-87 Fleer Jordan rookie. Uh, But I'll let you give your pick here before I go into that.
1: My note that I wrote to myself here, Kyle, is no discussion needed. 86 Flair.
0: I actually, where I was going to go with that, I, I think the the real question is, what's the number two card? And I know I, I put you on the spot there because I didn't ask you to come up with rankings, but if it's not the Fleer Jordan, let's say that card, you know, let's say it's not a Jordan rookie in general, so not the star either. What do you think is your next Bulls card? It's either the, I mean, it's going to be a rookie. It's either the Pippen
1: rookie or the Derek, one of the Derrick Rose rookies. And I'm not, I was not a Derrick Rose collector at all by any means i'm not i I forget even what the momentum was around his cards but it would be one of those two for me
0: it was there um i'm gonna throw out out a non-rookie just for consideration here to see what you think of it how about the 93 94 fleer ultra scoring kings jordan amazing card but then I, i think you get into
1: is that as you know that's that's one of the top 90s inserts as far as iconics but then is that more iconic than the beam team the 92, 93 beam team, you know, I True. think you, you start to muddy the water there. And then you could also talk about just the Jordan base card from flare metal that drove the PMGs. So, I mean, there's a lot in there to talk about, but I think that'd be one where I would start thinking outside of like who would recognize it outside of just the hobby Um because then you start play, playing favorites amongst some,
0: you know, collectors. I would say it's gotta be a Jordan, whatever it is. It's gotta be Jordan. No Jerry Sloan on this list. Um, all right, so let's go from one obvious one. Well, maybe maybe this next one's obvious. I don't know. To me, it was. There was one choice. But we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were an expansion team in 1970. They've always been known as the Cavs. Steve, who was your Cavs pick, or what was your Cavs card? So for me
1: personally, this was an instant right to know to move on. It was the 2003 Tops, number 111 LeBron James rookie.
0: That was my number two. I chose the exquisite RPA um, even though, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, it needs to be an obtainable card. This is obtainable if you have a million dollars laying around, mm-hmm. but, um, I feel like it's got so much attention, um, that has since bypassed the tops, even though the tops, you know, a lot more people have owned those. Um, it does have the, the draft and all that other stuff. I feel like the RPA has become such a big deal and it being the first um, exquisite set. There's just so much stuff going for that card that um, that was my automatic choice for that one.
1: Definitely understand that. It's a very fair argument.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, and that's the thing about, you know, lists. Th- these lists are subjective. So, yep. you know, I don't think either one of us is, is terribly wrong there. All right, next one, we've got the Detroit Pistons. And so the team actually originated in Fort Wayne, even though a lot of people think of cars in Detroit, they actually originated in Fort Wayne because the owner owned a company that manufactured pistons. They moved to Detroit in 1957 and they've been there ever since. Let's see. looks like it's my turn to go first on this one. I chose, this was not an easy choice. I chose the 86, 87 Fleer Isaiah Thomas. What'd you choose?
1: I chose, uh, I went I went a little into left field here. I went with the, uh, 1969 70 tops tall boy Dave Bing rookie.
0: Okay, interesting. So, what made you go with that over some of the other Pistons guys? Because, you know, we're thinking about Grant Hill, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars. So, the
1: Pistons are another team that they're an iconic franchise. They have a lot of Hall of Famers. A lot of the most accomplished Pistons, you know, to me don't have an iconic card either with the team or that really resonate. Dennis Rodman rookies resonated with me. I thought of Isaiah Thomas. To be honest with you, I was I put a lot of those cards all on the same plateau, and I I gave the edge to the the Dave Bing again because of the set. It was, you know, tops jumping back in to the hobby, trying something new. You know the mayor of Detroit, so you know his career outside of basketball. I think has kept him relevant in the country, especially in the Detroit area. So I put a lot of the Pistons cards on the same level, and I I just gave a little edge, recognizing the importance of tops hopping back into the the basketball hobby space and driving into the seventies and eighties as a result.
0: Yeah, I wanted I I really wanted it to be a Grant Hill card, and I said, okay, if it's going to be a Grant Hill card, which one's it going to be? Right. Say, well, you know, it'd probably be the 94 finest, which which is a, you know, a very recognizable card. But for me, it was still hard to put that over the 86 Isaiah yeah. Thomas. Um, I didn't consider Bing. I, I, I like the tie, the fact that he was the mayor. I think, like you said, there is some longevity there. So interesting choice. I like that.
1: Did you give any thought to the Skybox Emotion Grand Hill rookie?
0: I did. I thought about that one, too. Um, I've seen because I saw someone mention that on an old, old blowout thread. But um, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I feel like now I see the finest more than that one. And, and even then, I, do, I don't think it's, I don't think either one of them works. I wanted it to be a Grant Hill desperately, though, but I, I couldn't make it happen. All right, so next we will move on to my favorite franchise, um, but this portion's a little depressing here. The, the Pacers were founded in Indiana in 1967. They've been there ever since. I'll let you go first with your selection.
1: 1989 90 Hoops, number 37, Rick Smiths. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yes. Uh, I, I just figured, you know, we were excluding all Rick Smiths and Jeff Foster's because those were the obvious choices here. Um, and I went with the 88 89 Fleer, Reggie Miller rookie. Yeah. Uh, it's such a boring card. I, I just hate that for my franchise. I have nothing against Reggie. It's not his fault that his rookie is playing, but his playing. The centering's always off on it. I don't know. I just it doesn't appeal to me.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I knew that I, I was obviously being facetious with Smiths. Um, not that it's great, not a great <laughs> card, sorry. But uh, Reggie was the obvious pick. It is. There's not much to say about it. Um, it's just it's one of those cards that everyone knows, and it's an all-time greats rookie. So.
0: All right. Well, and and he is in the top seventy-five now. Though and I had I had a lot of kickback because I didn't include him in my list. I don't know. I. I was trying not to be a homer, and and I'm not sure if I would put him on that list. But I'm everyone, a lot of people were messaging me, how do I feel about that? I'm very happy about it, actually. Um, okay, Miami Heat. This one is is not as obvious. Miami's another team that's been in the you know same spot since they came into the league. They um, originated in 1988, so you know relative to a lot of other squads, they haven't been around that long. Uh, my selection was the 2003 2004 exquisite Dwayne Wade RPA. What'd you pick? Interesting.
1: So I, I have, I, I've got a couple cards written down here, but the, and I was moving and cut and pasting. The one that I ended up with was uh, 2012 13 Prism number one LeBron James.
0: I had that. So I had three cards on my list. That was one of them. Did you have a card from the early 90s on there? I'm curious to know if you're thinking the same way I was. No, what did you have? Like Tim Hardaway or something? I, my uh, The other one, so <laughs> I had the Exquisite. Uh,
1: then I had the 0304 Topps Chrome Dwayne Wade. Just, I feel like over the last five years, that has become a pretty mainstay card. But
0: So I couldn't list this as my number one, but I did type out the ninety two ninety three 93 Fleer Ultra Herald Miner rookie, just because, you know, he was Baby Jordan. Baby He's Jordan. He's shooting over Jordan in the picture. Yeah. You know, pretty recognizable card still, but... I don't, you know, definitely not going to be the most iconic, but it's like, all right, if I got something older on there, not a lot of options because, you know, even though Tim Hardaway was there, he wasn't a rookie there. Alonzo Mourning wasn't a rookie there. So all these guys went through there, but uh, Wade was their first real homegrown star. Unless I'm leaving someone out here, that's the only one that I can think of. So that's where I went with that. Definitely thought about the prism though. That's, and, and that, you know, that might be one that overtakes it over time. All right, next one, Milwaukee Bucks. They were founded in 1968 as the Bucks. They've been there ever since. Uh, Steve, go ahead with yours selection first.
1: Um, so obviously there's a there's a vintage card that I, I could have chosen, but I I went with um, with the 2013-14 Prism Giannis rookie.
0: Okay, I had that on my list. Um, I had three things on my list. I had the Giannis rookie. I typed out any Glenn Robinson rookie, but I but there's not one that sticks out to me. And then my selection is the one that you alluded to is the 6970 Lou Alcindor. Uh, we know him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. To me, I think start to finish. So we're talking college pro everything, right? And, and longevity. I think Kareem has had the best basketball career of anyone. So I, I had to choose that one. And I feel like it's it's a you know, pretty recognizable, important card.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments with me. I, I went back and forth and, and went with the Giannis because of probably a little bit of recency bias. And then also, you know, as obviously I alluded to a little bit with the previous pick, the importance and iconic nature of the Prism brand um, and, you know, the longevity of that brand over time, you know, already. So, again, splitting hairs, they're, they're both very iconic cards and, and very meaningful to the hobby for both the player and, you know, the set that they come from.
0: Yeah. And if we're talking franchises, I mean, Kareem, yes, he won a title with the Bucks, but then he left and I believe kind of forced his way out. Yep. So there could be some contention there, even though time heals all wounds. Whereas Giannis has won his ring. And if, if he's a, a Milwaukee player for life, it might be time to slot that card in there. I might uh, might go with you on that one. Okay. Next one, we've got the New York Knicks. They've been around since 1946. I'll go with my selection first here. I'm not super confident in this one, but I went with the another card from the 6970 set, and that's the Walt Frazier rookie.
1: Interesting. So I wanted to go with the 9091 Hoops Mark Jackson uh, because of the pop culture aspect oh, of it, but yeah. I, I feel like that was too much of a flash in the pan. So I this is where I went back to 86 Flair and went with the Patrick Ewing
0: rookie. Before we talk about Ewing, did you see there was a Facebook post this week? Somebody was going through it was like a commemorative Michael Jordan book and there's he's shooting a shot at Madison Square Garden in courtside. There's another picture of the Menendez brothers from a different <laughs> no. game. Did you see that?
1: <laughs> I did not. I'm gonna have to search Facebook for that one.
0: So yeah, oh, so that man. made me I, I kinda did a quick scan. I went on COM C and, and looked up, you know, 89, 90, and 91 Jordan cards even if they're not in the picture, just to see if there was that same shot was on any cards, because a lot of those images got recycled. I'll shoot that over to you because you got to see that. Anyway, I'll make sure I post it. I think I retweeted it, but I'll try and post it so everyone can see that. Anyway, back to Patrick Ewing. I went with Walt Frazier. It was really a toss up. You know, I I saw some other people that have talked about maybe the Willis Reed rookie from 6970 was another option. I don't, I I had those two and Patrick Ewing listed. I don't feel great about any of the three of those. It's, it's kind of, it's still a three way tie. I think they're equally significant.
1: Yeah. For a franchise that is one of the original franchises and such a focal point of the NBA and has such in depth history, I was shocked at how difficult it was to find a card that just represented the Knicks. Um, I ended up going with Patrick Ewing because I think if you ask most collectors, A, who is Walt Frazier, despite his Hall of Fame career and his championships? But also, w- what it was his rookie card? I think a lot of people would struggle with that. Where I feel most people would be able to at least say that Patrick Ewing's rookie card was an '86 Flair card, um, and obviously yeah. he had a, a great career with the Knicks and really represented the Knicks um, through some of their heyday in the '90s. So, but, but you're right; it's it's that was a that was a tough one to really to parse out.
0: All right. So our next team is um, a team that ended up with Patrick Ewing. Not in his heyday, and that was the Orlando Magic. They don't have a lot of history. They were founded in 1989. To me, this one's a slam dunk, but Steve, I'll let you go ahead. What's your selection?
1: 92, 93, upper deck number one, Shaquille O'Neal. And we can talk about the different aspects of it, redemption versus, you know, series two, but that that's that's the Orlando Magic card in my opinion.
0: Yes, I agree to, and even you know, whatever iteration you choose, the one A or one B, um, yeah. that is that is my selection as well. I will say, uh, so I mentioned this set earlier, I
1: did go back and forth with the Beam Team insert for, for yep. like 30 seconds. But um, <laughs> I think that's a card that a lot of people would identify as a major card in the hobby um, and a big Shack card. So obviously I the Upper Deck, slam dunk. But the you know give a little shout out to that Beam Team insert and what it meant for the hobby and, and still is very collectible and, and I think iconic.
0: Yeah, I had three cards typed up here. Uh, 92, 93 Upper Deck, Shack beam team and then i also threw in the 93 94 finest uh, penny hardaway Mm -hmm. yep but uh, definitely not more important than the shack we already talked about the momentum you know that kind of led up to the shack card and it kind of stopped with shack even though there were other great rookies that came after him it it really i would say it peaked at shack at that point and then later on of course other rookies became popular too but um so we'll go with shack for that one Our next team is the Philadelphia 76ers. They've got an interesting history. They were the Syracuse Nationals from 46 to 63. They've been the 76ers ever since. Um, There was another team in Philadelphia from 1946 to 1962. They were the Philadelphia Warriors. They later became the Golden State Warriors. And Wilt played on both versions of that Philadelphia team, but his rookie, is a Warriors card, and that will make for an interesting scenario um, when we record our next episode. So you guys will want to kind of stay tuned for that. For right now, though, we're focusing on Philadelphia. My Philadelphia card, another one I don't feel great about, is the eighty-six, eighty-seven Charles Barkley rookie.
1: I'll throw my pick out there, and I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Though there are a lot of solid options, I think it's a, a team with a, you know more to choose from. I went with the 96, 97 Topps Chrome Allen Iverson.
0: Yeah, I had uh, actually my note here. My other option says some sort of Chromium Iverson rookie, uh, be it Finest or Topps Chrome. I think they are gaining more significance. I know, well, Chrome was a big deal at the time because it was it was debuting. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know if, if I can put it over the Fleer. Another one I considered was the Bird Magic Irving Trio, but... I, that's just not an Irving card. That's a copy. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that I, cut. I know. But it is. <laughs> I just wanted it, but to include is, that card. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. Uh, yeah. It, that's the problem is, you know, Irving doesn't have a lot of really significant 76ers no. cards. And so we, there's not a lot of options there. So I went with Charles.
1: So let me, let me take a second to tell you why it's Alan Iverson. Because you said you weren't feeling great about Yaza. So, first of all, I think you talked about back with the Hawks the imagery of the card. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the tops in the tops chrome card is that AI with that bright red sexy uniform celebrating, screaming straight into the camera, like so much emotion. Mm-hmm. And then AI really, truly changed the culture of the NBA on and off the court. He really brought in so much of the pop culture uh, confidence. He was on ESPN every single day for good and bad. He, he really was a momentum changer for the NBA um, and so, so for, for who he was as a player, for who he was as a personality, initial 96, 97 tops Chrome, and then the, the imagery, it's, I, I put that easily over the Barkley.
0: Yeah, I can go with that. I, I can see that. Um, and my Iverson is a PSA 7, and he is hulking out hard. <laughs> it is one of the greenest ones I have ever seen, but um, it's mine. It's in my collection. All right, next one. Toronto Raptors. Not a lot of history to draw from here. They were an expansion team in 1995. I'm curious to hear who, you, what you have here.
1: I went with the 98, 99 SP Authentic um, out of 3500. The
0: Vince Carter rookie. Okay, good. And that's that's what I chose as well. Those were huge yep. in 1998. It was that was the card to own. It, you know, serial numbered was a big deal. It was all on top of the hot list. Vince Carter was a big deal at the time. Um, so that was the Vince Carter card to own, and and it's interesting. I did go through more so with the Western Conference, but some of the teams that I was struggling with, I went and I I you know talked to friends I know that are fans of those teams, and I said, well, hey, what what do you think is the most significant card? Uh, now to me this I didn't struggle with this one, but I, I thought I'd throw that question out to uh, Jason, aka Small Town Cards, and said huge Raptors fan. Um, and, and it might have changed, but the last time I talked to him, he chose the 95-96 top's finest Damon Stoudemire. Mm. So, um, you know, if you're looking for another option, that might be something else to consider. Okay, the last one here for our Eastern Conference, we've got the Washington Wizards. They started off in um, Chicago in 1961 as the Packers. Then they became the Zephyrs. Uh, then they moved to Baltimore and became the Bullets. Uh, they had a short stint as the Capital Bullets, and now they're in Washington. Um, they became the Wizards in 1997 for several reasons. But anyway, that's the history of the franchise there. So I chose, I feel like I'm going heavy on this 6970 set, but I chose the Wes Unselled Rookie from 6970.
1: Interesting. So that was one of three on my list. Um... I'll give it. So that was number three. Number number two was actually the uh, 2010 11 NTRPA John Wall. Uh, <laughs> I have that. Yep, that's on my list. My my top one that I I ended up landing on was the 2001 2002 Chrome Refracta Michael Jordan.
0: Okay, I had one that you didn't mention. That was the 6970 Earl Monroe rookie. Yeah. Um, but but I had I I made a note on here. And that said, it says the Jordan Wizards cards were all underwhelming to me. And that was during an era where manufacturers were trying to figure out what direction they were going. It just coincided with him on the Wizards. I wish there was a really cool, like iconic, somewhat mass-produced Jordan Wizards card, but there's just, I I don't think there's anything out there. I didn't consider the refractor though, so maybe I need to go back on that, but pretty good choice. If you didn't choose that, is the wall your number two option, you said? I think so,
1: yeah. But you know, NTRPA from 2010, it's an a easily recognizable set. Yeah, I think that would have been number two over the uh, vintage rookies you mentioned.
0: Speaking of 2010-2011 of RPAs, I'm surprised you didn't throw that one at me for your most iconic Pacers card. Little <laughs> Paul George action there. Um, I thought about that. If if there is a number two Pacers card, unfortunately, that'd probably be it. But, all right, so that concludes. Anyway, I don't know why I want to end this with Paul George and just just bad feelings all around, but... That concludes our first portion here of the most iconic cards by franchise. I'm very interested to see what kind of feedback we're going to get. As with anything that's a list, I'm sure there are going to be lots of responses. Uh, Steve, do you have any final thoughts after round one here?
1: This was uh, an interesting process to go through, Kyle, And uh, but I'll, I'll save my my takeaways and summarizing thoughts for, for after we get through the Western Conference um, and share them then.
0: All right. Sounds good. I can't wait to do that. Uh, Thanks again for coming on, Steve, and we'll be hearing from you again soon. Awesome. Look forward to it. All right. Well, there you have it. Remember, that's just part one for the Eastern Conference. Steve and I will likely record part two in the next week, so you'll be hearing that one soon as well. I've been slowly working on this list for a while now, and I have to say the whole process was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed putting it together. Maybe there was something either Steve or I said today that resonated with you. Or maybe there's a card out there that you have to tell us about that we completely overlooked. Let me know on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.